to Stop the Presses, coming to you live today, the 21st of February, 2024, your host, Mark Anderson, and I am joined today, as most is common, by Ron Avery, who, of course, does the search for lawful government on republicbroadcasting.org. How's it going in Seguin today, Ron? Real good. It's uh, warmed up. Pretty nice. Yeah, we had that global warming cold snap. Yeah, that's right. If this global <laughs> warming gets any warmer, we're all going to freeze to death. That's for sure. That's what's calling, causing all these uh, 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 coldest winters in centuries, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the, of course, that's the way it goes. The, the warmer it gets, the more snow you see in the yeah. vision of the globalists. It's really climate change. You know, it was climate or global warming. Now it's climate change. So that way they got you either way. Got you coming and going like you're wearing a two-brim hat, right? right? Mm -hmm. Well, ladies and gentlemen, listening live and on the archive, of course, Ron and I like to get into our banter about the powers that be because it's just so much fun to kick them around. We get kicked around, so when it's time to kick back, it's just way too much fun. <laughs> and, however, I do have a <clears throat> an announcement, um, a very important one, and I'll just share this uh, to accent what I did on UKColumn.org this past Monday, where I'm a regular U.S. correspondent, and this stands on the shoulders of that, you might say. It builds on that. And that is that the eighth meeting of the Intergovernmental Negotiating Body for the World Health Organization, working on the instrument, a.k.a. Treaty, on Pandemic Prevention, Preparedness, and Response, it began this past Monday when I did my most recent UK column report. And this session, Ron, runs through March 1st. And to tell a little bit more about it, I'll also note that a clip from the documents that go along with what I just announced. Um, Hold on, I'm hearing some background noise. I have to do something. Hold on. Uh, A a clip from one of the, or uh, excerpt, you might say, from one of the documents, Article 2, of the eighth meeting of the Intergovernmental Negotiating Body. This is their eighth meeting to draft and negotiate this treaty. Article 2, Objective and Scope. Listen closely, Ron. The objective of the WHO pandemic agreement guided by equity 
the right to health and the principles and approaches set forth herein, the objective is to prevent, prepare, and respond to pandemics with the aim of comprehensively and effectively addressing the systemic gaps and challenges that exist in these areas at the national, regional, and international levels. Now, what's notable, Ron, and listeners, is that there's a bureau of the INB, the Intergovernmental Negotiating Body. That bureau consists of six metocrats, bureaucrats, that represent six major regions of the world. And they put together an article in the British Medical Journal, Ron, called The Lancet, well-known, The Lancet. And in that article, they talk about people drumming up uh, misinformation about the who instrument. But what's interesting is in that and other documentation, mostly other documentation, for the first time, Ron, they use the word treaty. Uh huh. They've been avoiding that word. They've been saying agreement. They've been saying instrument. They've been saying understanding. You you name it. Maybe pact, p a c t. But they have steadfastly <clears throat> avoided the word treaty until this eighth round of the INB talks on the treaty. Yeah. So well, it's interesting that they finally, in one instance, use the word treaty, um, which they've distanced themselves uh, from so far. And then you'll notice what it says there, addressing the systemic gaps and challenges that exist in these areas at the national, regional, and international levels. Now, in other parts of the documentation for this eighth round of the INB, uh, and in the Lancet article especially, uh, represented by those six members of the Bureau of the IMB, which represents six regions of the world, they are emphatically saying this treaty will not erode national sovereignty. But it's a classic case run of thou protesteth too much. Um, they're going to such lengths to say that it doesn't infringe on sovereignty that I get even more suspicious. And of course, we know about how the UN works. And one of the things, Ron and listeners, is that in the Lancet article, these six writers putting their heads together, I guess that means they come up with one brain if you get six of them. Um, they say that people have claimed that UN troops and national military forces will enforce the pandemic treaty at the point of a gun. And they, these trollers and these right-wingers and these uh, naysayers are saying these kind of things, and they, they're emphatically saying no one will enforce the treaty uh, through military force. But, Ron, I've never seen anyone, I don't know if you have, who has ever invoked the scenario that the UN or the WHO part of the UN would enforce the treaty um, militarily by point of a gun. It sounds to me like something that might have come from them to try and discredit the more reasoned and logical and analytical approach that we take to look at this treaty. So this is what's going on amid that eighth INB meeting that lasts till March 1st. And this, of course, is leading toward the planned creation of the treaty itself on or around May 24th of this year. They're hoping. I don't think they're as close to it as they'd like to be. But as James Roguski has talked about, they're willing to cut corners when they can. 
So this is how it's shaping up so far, Ron. Do you have any reflections on that? Yeah, that reminds me of uh, the young George Bush that uh, uh, when he announced, you know, that uh, the nine eleven stuff, uh, and he had that speech before the nation and sitting behind the desk, and he said, uh, you know, uh, we shall not to- we should not tolerate conspiracy theories that blame the wrong party. Well, that's nipping the thing in the bud. I mean, there was there was no time. To, for anybody to even uh, say anything, much less, you know, uh, talk about a, a possible conspiracy. Nobody knew anything at the time. So <clears throat> what that, that means they were already planning what people uh, are going to be discovering and talking about. So they wanted to nip it in the bud so they can't even get started. You know, better not be talking about these conspiracy theories. And y'all better not be talking about enforcing these, uh, making everybody take shots at the point of a gun. Well, you know, that's just exactly where they want to go. Uh, because I'm still convinced that, that it, this whole thing is a banker scam. It has It has to do with... Uh, international money and and what currency is and how they're going to handle how they're going to control the entire population of the world and it's by making the natural born man created in the image of god a threat to society that needs endless injections and implants to verify their safety and receive their digital compliance currency Credits, debits, and terminations. That's what it's really about. That's what it will always be about. Let me note, Ron, there that there was mention by those six representatives of the Bureau of the IMB in the Lancet article. There was mention, very general language in passing, of people that talk about um, digital passports, that that also could not happen and so there's kind of a blanket denial of everything, including presumably that's what they meant when they say digital passports. I think they're trying to get at what you're saying, um, but with very terse language, just a couple words there. But it, it strikes me as something that was planted by trolls. This is speculation, of course, at this point, but planted by trolls sympathetic to the WHO or the WEF. And then if people run with that, then they can be discredited because none of us have ever invoked that, that military force would be used. We've been saying it's a treaty, and they've been denying or at least avoiding that word until now. <laughs> so now, yeah. now it's known. It's a treaty. And I'm bringing this out to, of course, give listeners live and on the archive the ammo they need to um, – Make their views known in any way they can. You can approach your local city councils about this, township boards, village councils. Go to the county level. The county level is really good. And James Roguski, the WHO researcher, has his Substack blog, jamesroguski.substack.com. Roguski is R-O-G-U-S-K-I. He lives in L.A., and I can maybe share his phone number later. He's willing to give that out. But he's got lots of strategies for throwing a monkey wrench in this thing because there's so much to read and there's so much to know. Even if you agreed with the idea of creating this treaty, 
it's a very complex thing. And there's this paper and that paper and this preliminary study and that preliminary study and this schedule and that plan. And they've got to go through all these gyrations, uh, some of the formalities that the WHO has created under its own constitution. Yes, the WHO has a constitution of its own. And Roguski is saying at jamesroguski.substack.com, there's a part you'll see, stop the treaty. And then he's got something on what I'm talking about, proposal for negotiating text of the WHO pandemic agreement, advanced copy. But get this, Ron told that national sovereignty will not be infringed upon we're told that critics like us are claiming that un forces or national forces or nato forces will be used to enforce the treaty but what roguski has also brought out is that most of the meetings between this past monday and march 1st will be held in secret away from the eyes of the public even the world economic forum ron is more open than that to their credit (laughs) Credit, credit being where credit is due, the World Economic Forum televises and archives much of what they do. But only the very beginning kind of ceremonial announcements and the end in conclusion uh, so far, according to the WHO stuff I've read, only that will be televised. The meat in the sandwich, all the books between the two bookends will not be evidently. So... We're not supposed to believe there's anything conspiratorial. We're not supposed to believe it'll threaten national sovereignty. But, hey, they're going to do most of this in secret. Well, you know, one of the things that's just absurd on its face is the idea of a uh, treaty that does not infringe on uh, sovereignty. Uh, Because the the very nature of sovereignty is that you have Uh, a right to make your own laws and do your own thing, and you're not answerable. You you do not answer to somebody else, to something else. You have the superior authority. Uh, So treaties, by their nature, uh, alter uh, the nature of your sovereignty. Uh, Otherwise, you don't don't have a treaty. I mean, a, a, a treaty requires... Uh, the the sovereign to do s- certain things that means it no longer has its own authority to make its own decisions in certain areas so i mean that's just a, an a absurd thing now what should maybe should have been said uh that would make more sense is that the treaty will not infringe on any constitutional rights or the rights of each individual to uh decide their own medical uh, procedures now that now that i uh, would have been perked up about that would have made a lot uh, a lot of sense and this idea of all these this large uh, amount of uh, data that one would have to go through to find out about this stuff that james roguski is doing that's that's an old trick it's called data clog and and you you create so much paperwork and so much so volumes of stuff that nobody nobody is going to take the time to to really read it and research it. It's, it's kind of like a nine eleven report, you know. It's a, uh, it was a I don't know how thick it was. It was about two or three inches thick, uh, and it nobody. It's like reading the tax law, you know, for the 
Nobody's going to do that. That's the reason they do it. They don't want to keep it simple. You know, that whole thing that they're working on probably shouldn't be over three pages long. Let, let me interject that we had about three minutes before the first break. There is language uh, in um, preliminary statements and that they're trying to, uh, they say that the treaty will reflect that. There is language covering all that, you know, that um, states can have the right to make their own medical decisions and, <clears throat> and all that. But, and I don't remember if it goes down to the individual level. I don't think it does. If, I, if I'm wrong, I'll stand corrected later. But here's the thing, Ron. This is the same UN whose Office of Migration is literally the, the roadmap, the blueprint, for the absolute dissolution of our border. And they wrote a report in the year 2000, and they came up with this new one from their Office of, of, of Migration, excuse me. And in that, you can see very clearly that these UN instruments are a direct and tangible and daily observable um, danger in real time to our sovereignty, and in fact, the southern border is being dissolved as we speak. So this is the same UN under which the WHO operates. So when you look at the UN Charter and, and the UN Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, all UN language, when it talks about rights, it gives the right, and constitutions don't give rights. Remember that, charters don't give you rights. But it gives the right, and then it takes it away in the next sentence. You'll have freedom to freedom of speech unless it's contrary to the principles of the United Nations. You'll have freedom of conscience, freedom of this, freedom of that, unless it's against the general spirit and principles of the WHO and the United Nations. That kind of stuff is replete. It's all over the place in UN documentation. So, like you say, even being in a treaty of any kind has to do something to existing sovereignty, and I would argue concurrently or along with that, that uh, uh, belonging to the UN or any of its subsidiaries in any way, and the U.S. does belong to the UN, the UN is like a government. It's a supranational government. It's got the requisite branches. Belonging to that is automatically an infringement on sovereignty, even if there's no pandemic treaty at all. Yeah, it's even worse than that. It's automatic dissolution. Anytime uh, the representatives of a nation, of a people, uh, give up their authority to, a, to another, uh, that the people did not place their uh, delegated authority in, that is instant and permanent dissolution of the government uh, that is doing that, that is transferring their lawmaking uh, and, and enforcement over to some other entity like the UN. So anybody that's really a part of the UN is no longer a nation, an independent nation. We'll be right back with more. Stay tuned. Charge the common ground. 
I'm so excited to have you as part of the Wild Pastures family, and we look forward to bringing you the pasture-raised meats that you and your family will love. Now, we started Wild Pastures because so many of my clients would tell me they just couldn't find high-quality pasture-raised meats, and even when they did, it was so expensive that they couldn't afford to eat it regularly. Now, I'm not talking about the bottom-of-the-barrel healthy meats that have claims like natural or free-range or even cage-free, terms that were actually created by the industrial food industry to make us feel all warm and fuzzy about buying their low quality products. I'm talking about truly nourishing pasture-raised meats, the kind that you'll never really find in a grocery store. Our farmers are doing things beyond organic. Our beef is 100% grass-fed and grass-finished and raised on pastures free from chemicals and other pesticides. Our chickens are 100% pasture-raised where they get their natural diet of grass and forage and insects. We will never settle for free range, which is actually one of the most deceptive terms in the chicken industry. In fact, less than 0.1% of the chicken consumed in the United States is truly pasture-raised in the way that ours is. And our pork is 100% pasture-raised as well. So if you care about where your food comes from, then you have definitely made it to the right place. As a Wild Pastures member, you'll be supporting the most highly principled farmers in America and getting the most nutrient-dense, nourishing, and sustainable meats in the world. I'm confident you'll love being part of our mission at Wild Pastures, and you will really love the delicious, nourishing meats that we're going to deliver straight to your door. Visit republicbroadcasting.org and click the Wild Pastures banner ad. Secure a shipment today. Beef, poultry, and pork. Raised the way nature intended. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. Hemppaste.com slash RBN. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit hemppaste.com. Has a military arm. Um, to even be involved in those at all is a sovereignty compromising, to say the least, action. So, therefore, for the U.N. to say that the pandemic treaty is no threat to personal, national, state sovereignty, whatever, based on the historical record, based on everything we've seen, those statements cannot be believed. Yes, right. That, that's just the, the summation of it. Um, they can put all they want in there. But once they declare another pandemic and they're chafing, chomping at the bit more more precisely to do that, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And they keep saying that themselves over and over again. 
So the next declared world pandemic, if the treaty exists, granted the proof would be in the pudding, but you can just about bet that any state that didn't want to go along would be coerced in some way or another. And one thing Roguski mentioned, and this is worth repeating, is that there's also trade and uh, intellectual property and and um, vaccine development and profits at stake. In other words, say you're an African country and one of the big pharma companies needs an herb or needs a, a mineral from your country. Uh, well, some of the countries, if, if I'm understanding what Roguski said, and I believe I am, some of those countries are saying, well, you want to mine this or you want to harvest that. Um, and your big pharma, uh, well, we don't want to let you do that um, unless we get a piece of the action. So then in return, maybe a vaccine manufacturing plant is put in that country um, to create jobs. Politicians love to talk about that, Ron. And then the country is compromised. Big Pharma gets the uh, raw materials it needs, and the country is bought off through some sort of contract, through some sort of manufacturing. Yeah, um, and they may not have to meet certain requirements, certain kinds of uh, security requirements or health security stuff in these labs and places they make it, kind of like the uh, Wuhan uh, lab that had all the mess going on in China. Yes, exactly. Um, and this is what Roguski has uh, discerned here. And so then you have countries that, that maybe are getting manufacturing plants, labs, jobs, and how much are they going to fight against the treaty if then the national leaders and some of their subordinates are getting kickbacks, are getting profits, are, are buying huge amounts of stock, so how much will they challenge the treaty if the treaty has some provision they don't like, you see? Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just really curious at this point as why they're going to all this trouble. You know, uh, we're highly advanced nations, uh, the United States or Russia, China. These are highly advanced nations in terms of science and technology. Uh, what, what in the world do we need a... Uh, a, a, a pandemic treaty for in terms of creating or making anything and distributing it. I mean, this this just sounds like, are these people don't have anything else to do? Or what, what is with that? I mean, I think we got a break coming, but anyway. Uh, hold that thought, Ron. We'll be right We'll be right back after Station ID. Listen to these ads. Please patronize our advertisers. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. My name is John. I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee, and I started uh, Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back uh, to the U.S., I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. 
The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee, it's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumers' house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted, it's one of the best beans that we can get, and you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the Internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBTalk.com and join the social media revolution. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Email Tom at republicbroadcasting.org. T-O-M at republicbroadcasting.org. Every day we roll from town to town. We see another mom and papa just getting shut down And it's the same five stores everywhere we go And it's the same damn music on the radio And welcome to the second half of Stop the Presses. That's something I had to tend to there. And it, of course, is the 21st of February, 2024. I'm joined by Ron Avery, who does the Search for Lawful Government at RBN. And in the first half, we've been talking about the intergovernmental negotiating body, working on the elements of the pandemic treaty. And they're meeting this past Monday and meeting all the way through March 1st. I shared some information. I can share it again a little later about the noted researcher, James Roguski. Of course, Ron and I also researched this stuff somewhat ourselves. And the summation of it is, of course, that 
we simply cannot allow, based on what happened in 2020 with the COVIDocracy, there is no reason to believe, there's no reason to have any trust, and we simply cannot allow, no matter how soothing the words are to the contrary, we cannot allow a pandemic treaty like this to come to fruition. Once it's made, once the, once the dragon lives, it'll be that much harder to slay it. You have to prevent the dragon from being born. And that's the long and the short of it. This should be, along with dismantling the mass media cartel and creating a new media, some of the top priorities of any patriot, constitutionalist, concerned citizen, etc. We can have all these different focused and specialized views, but when these big paradigm-shifting things come along, we all need to put our heads together, a few dollars together. Yes, you have to donate to RBN. You have to do things that make this stuff happen. And that's that's what needs to happen. The media cartel, of course, is is a major accomplice in all this. All they do is shout down people they disagree with. They don't report anything objectively anymore, especially when it comes to medical matters. And as we've said many times, Ron, and we'll get into some other looser matters here in just a moment, but just to sort of put a capstone on what we've been saying about this, um, I'm seeing more and more drug ads on the local affiliates of the national networks on the national networks themselves. And I'm seeing a little bit more Pfizer, not just drug ads. There's also AbbVie and Glasgow Smith Klein and other big pharma companies. But I'm seeing a little more here, a little more there, like the drug Paxlovid, for example. Um, more and more Pfizer ads specifically on our TV stations. So isn't that similar to the countries of the world that might get a research lab or a Pfizer uh, branch in their country and it generates tax revenue and some income and some jobs, well, then they're not going to worry about the treaties provisions infringing on their state decisions or individual decisions so much. So, too, is it the case that the media is not going to report anything too controversial about Pfizer or other big pharma if, in a similar way, large advertising dollars are spent on those TV stations? So you see the parallel. Yes. Yeah, I've seen a lot more Pfizer as well, and I've also seen uh, uh, they just recently started uh, having uh, uh, talking about updates to the COVID vaccine, you know, so-called vaccine. Uh, oh boy, we got an update, you know. Get your update, you know. Like, uh, I mean, the, how long ago was this? This is twenty. It was twenty twenty and twenty one and twenty two. Uh, and and you need an update? Do you need them every six months or every two weeks? I mean, you know, I mean, this is it's uh, uh, that's a given that the thing doesn't work. The thing is uh, useless. And they've also, in our, on my news that I've been watching, uh, Spectrum News and others. Well, in fact, ABC News had it on last night. They started giving more reports on how many people have COVID now. Uh, in in San Antonio, well, you know, did we ever figure out a test that would actually prove COVID nineteen that you had COVID something called COVID nineteen? I mean, here we are, this far into it. It's just like you t- if you tell a lie or tell something that uh, something that you don't uh, you don't know whether it's a truth or a falsehood. You just state 
some opinion. If you state an opinion over and over again, it just becomes accepted fact. Well, and I don't believe I ever saw anywhere any scientist or anybody have said they've actually come up with a true test to prove that you have COVID-19. I mean, it's just mumbo jumbo, and it, and we're it's like the 9/11 thing. Nobody's ever proved anything about 9/11. There's no investigation, no nothing. But oh, it's fact. Oh yeah, them uh, them Muslims over there, they hijacked them plane and crashed them into their tower, and all the buildings fell down. <clears throat> and nobody's ever proved a damn thing about any of that. But now it's truth, you know. You there, Mark? <laughs> I think he left the scene. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sometimes he, uh, they, there's uh, uh, problems at the house there. Uh, I know what that's all about, too. i got problems at my house. But anyway, I think he's back now. I don't know what happened. Maybe we lost him. Yeah, he's on mute. He's probably talking away. We just can't hear him. He somehow got on uh, mute. So somebody was beating on the door. Had to check it out there. Um, I figured. I figured. I, I could hear you commenting, Ron. Um, it sounded to me like you pretty much commented without interruption. But yes, it uh, it's a pretty dire situation. You know, uh, just to go and let's depart from this now. We we can do a couple reminder contact informations and websites at the end. But I like to watch westerns a lot, and. Inevitably, when you watch enough of them, you pick up on a lot of things. And the the Lone Ranger comes on through the Cozy Station, C-O-Z-I. And I was watching one of them, and it was replete with false flag operations and conspiracy. And it's interesting how this is more of a cultural comment in a way. It's interesting how the American people can entertain false flag operations and conspiracy in a fictional format but don't you dare say this happens for real even though when you see the fictional format you understand that it really doesn't take as much as people realize to put together an operation um in these westerns it might be a more low level more simplistic operation compared to like 9-11 or the jfk cloak and dagger thing or whatever you want to talk about but the basic elements of a false flag operation are easily understood and, in fact, have been part of warfare and deception for time immemorial. But there's that rift. The American people, yes, it's it's true if it happened on the Lone Ranger. It's true that if it happened in a Superman movie. It's true if it happened to Batman, but it can't be true in real life. <laughs> to me, that, that's, that's funny Batman, that's and good. ironic and just an interesting thing to consider. Right. That's right. Yeah, in fact, uh, too, a lot of people don't know this, but there's uh, there's uh, great vast uh, volumes of law on conspiracy that defines what it is and uh, how to prove one uh, and uh, the penalties for it and this kind of thing. Um, and, and there's been people tried and convicted of conspiracy to do this that and and other and uh in fact i've even i've even uh sued uh, lawyers for conspiracy to interfere with contracts see there's 
I mean, you can look it up. It's a, that, that's a cause of action in Texas. And so if, if conspiracies don't exist, how come we have all this law on it? Uh, excellent point. And I bring this up. Of course, many of us have heard and seen evidence that the CIA first used the words conspiracy theorist or conspiracy theory in a memoranda in the 1960s. Um, I don't know for sure that that's the root of this, the tap root of this. It appears to be. But I only bring this up because we all know people in our lives that don't want to believe what we are saying. If we go to a dinner party or something and we share a little bit about this, <clears throat> they kind of recoil and, and you know cringe at the very idea that there could be conspiracy in high places again. Totally believable in movies like The Matrix. Totally believable in Star Trek. They've grown up seeing even Star Wars has conspiratorial parts to it. And they just can't countenance the idea that this could be real. And yet some of the TV producers, some of the big honchos in broadcasting, are not just involved in news media. They're involved in entertainment media. So some of the very same people in the same studios that produce your entertainment media, including movies, are producing your news media. And a lot of bells should go off when you listen, when you consider that. A whole lot of bells should go off. Yeah. I used to say, Mark, I, th I thought it was pretty good that, remember, when you're watching some of these major network uh, news channels, remember that those people delivering the news also delivered Jerry Springer to your living room. Uh, I, I mean... Think of that, that the, the same people that produce some of the dumbest, re, most ridiculous programs on television also deliver your news. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and, of course, that ties into our, our clarion call, Ron and I, ladies and gentlemen, that whatever we may think of what's happening in the world, uh, besides, of course, in a more short to medium term context, defeating the pandemic treaty, the big kahuna and arguably the most important, effective, and consequential thing we can all do is donate to RBN, and this is not a cheap shot, uh, donate to other vetted news agencies that we like, not just to help them, but for the purpose of making them the new media and getting rid of the old legacy mass media cartel. It has to go. I will say it a million times until I literally cork off it has to go. There's nothing to talk about. It has to be decommissioned and just completely cast to the wind, cast to the four corners of the earth, never to operate again. And they're, they're going through gyrations to create these new media outlets that are supposed to be, oh, a whole new way of looking at it. Well, when you look at their vaccine reports, their Pfizer reports, their WHO reports, or anything to do with health, they're still goose-stepping to the vaccine tune. So you can say all you want about um, things like um, a One America News and uh, other ones, kind of like Fox, they'll give you a little bit of bluff and bluster, a little bit of opposition, but at the end of the day, there's no principled opposition to the um, big pharma juggernaut. And then others are more obvious. I talked about the Civic News Company, I believe. We have a caller. We'll get to that in a sec. The Civic News Company being tax-exempt 
and passing itself off as something fresh and new and different. But when you look at their 990 tax returns, when you look at their tax exempt status, and when you look at the company they keep going to conferences, you see Consul on Foreign Relations, you see Trilateral Commission, you see New York Times, you see Washington Post rubbing elbows with the new and different media called Civic News Company, which has two branches, um, Vote Beat and Chalk Beat. Chalk Beat being education, Vote Beat being fairly self-explanatory. But there's a whole bunch of them. I expect to have an article on this posted, the first part of a series at ukcolumn.org fairly soon. I should be able to share a version of that, maybe a trimmed down version with RBN. But that will be coming out of ukcolumn.org fairly soon. And it's beginning to explore in a um, ongoing series sort of way the so-called new and different media that's coming up that has many of the same old connections and it's just the same old song and dance. But uh, that's what we're looking at. They're aware that their normal CBS, NBC, ABC familiar outlets are taking a pounding, that the New York Times isn't, isn't getting the readership like it used to be, especially for hard copy and that there's just a general disinterest and weakening interest in the mass media cartel in general. So they're creating these new and different entities, quote unquote, to try and win back the audience. And we can't let that happen either. But that being said, we have Don from Arizona. Hello. Yes. uh, When the CIA originally coined that phrase, uh, when they first used that, I mean, I'm sure somebody else said it before then, but when it became the famous memorandum you're talking about, that it did make some sense because they, they were going with the uh, the official narrative on that, the official uh, story that the CIA went with and the, the official government story was that Oswald was a, was a lone nut. So it... There was no conspiracy. He was not conspiring with anybody at all. He was, uh, he dreamt up his whole idea all by himself and nobody put him up to it. So when they say conspiracy theory, there would be anybody, anybody that thought there was either somebody put him up to it, either he was taking orders or he was with somebody else or there was more than one government. So, I mean, back, so that actually didn't make, it related to the actual meaning of the words conspiracy theory back then. But then, since then, it's been used just to mean anything that the government does not like, basically. That's what a conspiracy theory is. Anything that goes against the what the CIA says or what the... Yeah, I think what they've done is just demonize the term, because really there's 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 no there's nothing bad connotated in when you say conspiracy theory. I mean, I could have a conspiracy a theory on anything. I mean, it doesn't make it bad. Right, everybody does. Anybody that's not brain dead does have theories of conspiracies every day. I mean, everybody thinks about it. Somebody, somebody broke into your garage. Well, who did it? Was it those, those two guys over there? Well, that's that's the conspiracy theory. Thinking, well, maybe it was these two guys or was some other. Th- that's the only time it's not a conspiracy theory is if there's only one person, and that would make yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, well, that's what a conspiracy. A conspiracy must be more than one individual. You can't conspire right. with yourself. But uh, uh, at the same time, uh, they just 
demonize. That in fact, they changed kind of the accepted definition. Conspiracy can only involve a few people. Uh, it becomes a implausible conspiracy theory uh, of, of somebody that's uh, uh, with with bad motivation. Uh, suggests that it, that it could be many people involved in a conspiracy or even a, a unit of a military or a uh, even one of their own favorite terms would be a, a, uh, a, a terrorist cell or, or something like that. I mean, there's no reason why conspiracies can't have a multitude of people involved in it. The original point I was trying to make was, uh, in the first place, they were just trying to say that somebody would have a theory that goes contrary to their lone nut thing, and that would be a conspiracy. And so it did kind of make sense when they first used that in the first place there in, uh, uh, in regards yeah. to the, the JFK assassination. That's the point You're I was right. trying to make. And then since yeah. then, it's, gone down, it's been going downhill uh, forever and ever, and it just means it has... The conspiracy theory has no meaning anymore at all, really. Just a word. It's a word that gets hurled around like Nazi and uh, a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Uh, very good point. Yeah, I would point out, too, that not to get into the Kennedy thing, but not only was Oswald declared the lone nut and to talk contrary to that meant you were engaging in conspiracy theory, they also had the the illogic woven into that, that the only way it could have been conspiratorial would have been had there been more than one shooter. When you could have one shooter, but somebody would put Oswald up to it. And I've even went so far as to say that if Oswald was ever put under some sort of Manchurian candidate control, then he would be normally Harvey Oswald until he's triggered by a key word or a key phrase and then he would go into some hypnotically induced state, carry out the dastardly deed, w- wake up from it, and not remember what he did. Some people have called that a conspiracy of one. And granted, that's a little bit of, of a shortfall, but a conspiracy of one because the person's personality was kind of divided into two through manipulation. But all that being said, then Os- Oswald became kind of the archetype for what has become now what America owns. America is the owner of the lone nut theory. And this comes from the government with their uh, their theories and their absurd scenarios that now everything is a lone nut. Every school shooting, every mall shooting, they're all Lee Harvey Oswalds out there. They're all the lone nut. In, in a, some other country, it's a terrorist cell blowing up a cafe, a car bomb. But oh no, in America... It is always, and I mean always, the lone nut. Yeah, it's always the lone nut, and also, the, for some reason, they always use the guy's middle name, too, James Earl Ray. They always want to have a, the guy's middle name and say, well, why can't it just be Lee Oswald? That's his name. He didn't go around and call himself Lee Harvey Oswald, but they wanted to. But, you know, you were talking about diseases, and even AIDS. AIDS is the same way. Nobody knows what they ever got to the bottom of that, AIDS. Does it actually exist? Is there a test for AIDS? (laughs) I don't know. I have one more comment to make about this conspiracy stuff. Is that uh, it's it's been presumed by most people that 
you couldn't have a very large conspiracy because somebody will always spill the beans and ruin it for everybody. Well, the fact is, on 9-11, there's been numerous people who have spilled the beans. Right. <laughs> but, but it's still considered a conspiracy theory if you think, you know, that, that uh, the 19 uh, hijackers were the people that, that really didn't do it and the, the, uh, the, the uh, you know, that it was not done by who they say it was and it was blamed on others that are, were innocent and, oh, oh, yeah, you just couldn't do that because, but, there's already been lots of bean spilling, but it doesn't change what the mass media cartel has said and what the government says. So we're just living in a, what, you know, we make fun of, uh, of people that live under mythology, Greek mythology, all these different gods. Uh, we make fun of cultures like that. Well, we do the same thing. Oh yeah, we got a bunch of BS going on. But I would, yeah. I would donate, I would donate to, uh, uh, your network there, but I said a long time ago I'd, I would donate five hundred dollars if they get rid of Jeff Nyquist, but he's still on, so I'm not going to. As long as he's on, I'm not going to donate any money. So he's still on. I heard him this morning. I'll let you go. Thank you. Thank you for the call. We appreciate your valuable input out there. We've only got a couple minutes left, Ron. But yeah, you know, I think that to summate uh, to summarize what we're talking about here, the, it's it's clear that. They've, you know, made this conspiracy theory thing into something um, taboo and overly sensitive, and you can't go there. When, again, you watch old dramas, even The Lone Ranger on TV, the old westerns, and you see conspiracies of different shapes and sizes and false flags um, popping up. On on one episode, a guy's running a um, monopoly hauling business to haul gold that's been mined. And another guy that acts like he's a victim is actually another monopolist. And behind the scenes, he's the monopolist trying to uh, trying to replace the other monopolist, but posing as the public victim. Yeah. And all sorts of machinations go into it. There's no time to explain it. But uh, a guy even imitates the Lone Ranger in another episode and robs a bank to pin the blame on the Lone Ranger another false flag and it, and it gets more complex from there. So, Mark, I got a good one. I got a good one to tell you. I was watching, uh, uh, Perry Mason, uh, about a month ago and he has one. He says, well, uh, that's what the newspaper says, but courts, uh, demand more for evidence than newspapers. So, but you don't see that anymore. Uh, Oh no. Uh, you know, if it, if it's, uh, Courts won't touch anything to alter the mass media cartel's uh, uh, story. They won't. They won't touch it. Yeah, it, it's almost as if here we go again. It's almost as if there's the word "if." I'm not saying it's a fact that there's an understanding that's been reached. You know that the media can't be touched. And you made the great point, Ron. As we uh, salute and say goodbye for today, you made the great point that even on 9/11, when some things have been brought out. You know, everything from what Judy Wood has said to what Richard uh, Gage has said to what local New Yorkers have said to what some independent media have said, it runs the gamut. But so even when things and that includes JFK, you know, theories that I've put out, um, I I like to think of them as more than theories. But when revelations and things to consider are put out, it doesn't change the media slash government narrative one inch. So... 
exposing conspiracies is not enough. And I've, I've said that oftentimes, that exposure is not enough. It requires replacement of the media, not simply exposing their misdeeds. Your thoughts, Ron, as we part? Or um, The show's over. Uh, it, it oh, 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 I thought you might want to throw in one more phrase. Well, no problem. It's over a long time ago. Yeah, go ahead. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Stay tuned for the next show on RBN. We'll see you next week. I'm Mark Anderson for Stop the Presses. Hi, Tom Bolton for Ease Off. I know so many of you are finding our EZ4 Carcass Drop and Lift an essential tool for your meat processing operation. But today I want to spotlight four of our new products. First, our right height hog cradles with steel or aluminum frames. Our customers love this back-saving innovation that enhances sanitation and speeds production. Next, our beef cradles with stainless steel or aluminum frames eliminate rust and corrosion. We hope you'll compare our quality and prices for this essential part of your processing line. Our cradles are especially effective when used with our power skinner. And finally, our hook tumbler will keep your hooks clean and polished. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC, 417-932-6419. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Truth, truth.